0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our latest Housing Matters podcast. This is Oscar Way, Senior Economist of California Association of Realtors, and I'm here with Jordan. Hey, everyone. Now, I know um, it's been two weeks or maybe a little bit more than two weeks uh, since the last podcast. And since then, of course, we have a big, uh, you know, a lot of things happen. But one thing that I want to mention is our annual uh, expo, it's our annual expo, which actually starts uh, today. Today is the opening day and it will last till uh, Thursday. And um, and we got a lot of events. You know, we have a few events going on, especially in the uh, econ department or the research department. Let me just you know throw a couple things out. Of course, you can always get all those uh, other events on the Sierra website. You know, go to the expo um, uh, webpage, you'll find a lot of programs. But we have two events. Now, one is the uh, econ panel. This year we have four Econ panelists. Um, do you know who they
1: might be? Yeah, well actually it's really a, a kind of who's who of California's real estate kind of economists. We have Dr. Richard Green from right. USC, who's a very notable economist. Actually just finished up, I think, a stint with HUD working on the GSE reform and things like that. That's right. Um, Frank Notaf, who's... Right from
0: CoreLogic. Right. He's nice chief economist from CoreLogic. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking a lot about mortgage finance with Frank.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, with rates continuing to be a big story, that's going to be something that uh, you know will be really interesting. And then we also have um, you know Ralph McLaughlin from Trulia, who's that's their chief right. economist,
0: yeah, that's right. and
1: then yeah. Selma Hep also from Pacific Union. So I'm really looking forward to uh, the econ panel. It should be a good way to kind of catch up and get some other perspective on some of these really kind of hot button or pressing issues and and what's coming down the pike for for the housing market. So I'm really excited.
0: That's cool. And of course, Leslie and you and I will probably be participating. We'll be moderating, asking some questions. Remember a couple weeks ago, we asked people to send in some questions. Um, We have some questions on hand. So hopefully, we will ask some questions, uh, very insightful questions during the uh, the the session. Now, let me give you the time and the uh, place where the session is going to be. It is, of course, in the Long Beach Convention Center this year, okay. and it is going to be on Wednesday, uh, in uh, room 104C, and it will be from 1:45 to 3:15. So it's tomorrow, um, and of course. Um, If you're there and if you have some insightful questions you want to ask at the end of the uh, session, yeah, feel free to come up. I will have a mic, feel free to come up.
1: Yeah, we'll open up the floor for folks to be able to, in case we don't hit all your your kind of most pressing concerns,
0: then you'll have the opportunity to kind of ask your own questions, I guess. Definitely, definitely. Now, of course, this is not the only gig that uh, Leslie is doing. She's also doing her signature uh, forecast.
1: And this is where we're kind of rolling out what we see coming down the pike um, here at CAR. For the next year
0: right exactly i mean it's it's maybe like everything from all the podcasts wrapped up in one forecast that we're going to show you know in that one and a half hours uh the session um and it will be on thursday it will be se- uh, september 29th and it will be from noon to 1
1: and they're serving lunch there
0: yes yes of course a lot of people actually pre-register um I'm not sure if there are still seats available, but definitely check out. If you're at Expo, definitely check it out and uh, you know see if you can get in.
1: Lots of good information coming down the pike uh, in terms of what to expect and to just to really become that market expert, I guess. And this is all um, free resources that are really available to members to go out and really um, kind of
0: get that competitive advantage. Definitely. And, and, of course, these are just two sessions that I mentioned. There are a lot of other sessions. Today is Tech Tuesday. They have a lot of things on big data, and then we have some legal workshops. We have some workshops on zip forms and all the other stuff. Very good stuff. So if you're not there today, definitely visit tomorrow and Thursday.
1: Yeah, don't miss out. Lots of good stuff.
0: And we'll be there. Um, So now let's get back to the um, Housing Matters podcast, our content. Of course, I said this is uh, Expo Week, so there will be a lot of discussion, a lot of talk on... housing market so i you know maybe we should you know kind of take a little um twist this this week. Maybe we should talk more about the economy so that people would not be inundated with a lot of information on the housing market. We'll just kind of give an update on the economy. How's that?
1: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And also I think it's helpful when we kind of do these deep dives later this week into the housing market to kind of um, first take a step back, go up to 30,000 feet, and really right, kind of right. get a feel for for what we see uh, happening right now
0: and, and how that
1: might translate into what we see happening in housing
0: true very true and of course it is very possible that it is very possible that you know when leslie dive into the housing market she may not go into detail of every single detail on the economy right hopefully this will give you a little bit of information about you know what's going on in the economy so let me go into you know the very first um, uh, piece of information that we uh, that we received this morning or released this morning about consumer confidence uh it looks like people are very confident about the economy
1: yeah, they said it was. I think the highest since the recession started back in 2007 is is the latest reading that we got there. Right,
0: right. right. It's the highest. I mean, people are obviously are confident because of a lot of different reasons. I mean, we have some ups and downs this year. Earlier this year, Brexit and everything. Sure. The global economic slowdown, but consumers are still very confident. You know, any idea why they should be feeling so confident?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things going on that that show that folks are doing a bit better than they have been over the course of the last couple of years. Of course, um, here in California in particular, right. we have a, a pretty strong labor market, it looks like at this point in time. Over the course of the last uh, few months, I think we're averaging 30,000 jobs per month. And in the most recent reading for August, um, I think we actually added over 60,000 jobs. Wow. So almost double almost double and so you know more folks are just getting back to work plain and simple and you know when you got that job and you're earning those wages um you have the ability to kind of go out and spend money and i think that's uh, a piece of what we're seeing at least in in these consumer confidence numbers
0: yeah and i'm I'm sure you know if, if we're very close to if not already at full employment level if it is not because we're very close I'm sure the labor market will be if it's not because the labor market is so tight you know the number will be even more impressive
1: yeah definitely I mean when you look at unemployment rates and things like that people with um, you know college degree which is where we've been adding a big chunk of the new jobs for skilled labor um, I think unemployment rates there are well below the statewide average which are running about five five and a half percent at this particular point in time whereas for somebody in California with a bachelor's degree, we're looking at unemployment rates of less than 2%. So, um, like you said, we'd be growing jobs even faster, but for the fact that we've already created a, a lot
0: of jobs and kind of eliminated some of that slack. Okay. Well, okay, well, it seems like it's a lot of exciting news. You know, the economy and California is, you know, growing fast, and, you know, it looks like we are getting on the right track. But at the same time, let me pull you back a little bit. Sure. Of course. Please. If you, if we look back at you know, a few weeks ago when we look at the GDP, the second quarter GDP, it was not very impressive, right?
1: Yeah, and I think you, you bring up a really important kind of dichotomy where, you know, consumers seem to be doing pretty well, and they're, you know, not only is consumer confidence um, at, you know, post-recession high, but... Like you said, we got a, a fairly disappointing GDP report for the second quarter. The the one exception to that, I think, was on the consumer side, right? Where they were the only real um, component that was firing on all cylinders, if you will, and really contributing strongly um, to growth, whereas we saw a lot of kind of weakness in the business
0: sector, so. Right, and, and I, that's what I thought will happen. You know, consumer spending is going to be robust in the third quarter. Um, I figured you know consumer spending will be the country the primary contributor uh, but it looks like based on July and August it's not as robust and we as we thought it would be
1: yeah and I think cars are, are a big part of that you know when you look right. at what's happening in the auto sector I think that um, we saw this period of really accelerated growth there was a lot of vehicle purchases I think that were put on hold during the downturn right folks were you know it either lost their job worried about losing their job maybe dealing with housing issues with the foreclosure or bankruptcy or something like that their car was fairly old but they didn't go out and replace it because hey. of you know where the economy was at um as as things started to get better we really saw a big surge in auto sales in fact i think 2015 was the single uh, biggest year for auto sales ever in the history of the country mm-hmm. um but now it looks like we're starting to see that 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 appetite for vehicles has been sated somewhat. We see um, a downshifting in growth on the durable goods side, and I think that's what kind of underlies the overall slowdown in consumer spending growth. Is you know a lot of folks have finally replaced those cars, and they're not going to need one for a few more years
0: again. True, and of course, you know the I think you know when we look at it, of course, we're looking at the August number. The August number for auto sales seems to have gone down. Who knows? Maybe in September we'll see a little bit more improvement. But you know like you said you know you can only replace your car you know, so, so often <laughs> Hey believe me I wish I could get a new car every year but true and of course I think we might have seen some you know some fluctuation in gasoline price and gasoline price would have um, you know make some changes in consumer spending we have seen some ups and down and so far, Uh, I think gasoline price has stabilized at, you know, good thing for us because consumers below $3. But at the same time, gasoline price, if it can continue to stay at a somewhat um, uh, tippet level at 45, 46, 47, oil companies obviously will will take a hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't give you a lot of incentive to put new holes in the ground when you're not going to turn around and sell those barrels of oil for, you know, $100 like you used to.
0: And, and now of course I'm not going to get all you know pessimistic sure um, the um, looking at the disposable income looking at the household net worth we looked at we, we saw some household net worth um,
1: yeah
0: a report recently it seems like you know yes it may not necessarily be the most robust quarter in the third quarter but it looks like we may still have a decent third quarter in consumer spending what do you think? Maybe it's going to be about two and a half percent growth. What do you think?
1: I'm I'm hopeful for you know above two percent. I okay. think that's really the reasonable. the kind of low watermark that we've seen where um, things have been disappointing. But I think with you know slowing consumer spending growth, but potentially better numbers on um, residential investment and and maybe not as much drag on the inventory side that that we could get up to the two and a half percent range.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought uh, you brought that up. Like investment and inventories, so that was those two were the problems that we had in the second quarter. Now, investment we were lacking some investments, capital equipment in the second quarter. Um, the third quarter, though, um, hopefully the upcoming quarter it will be a little bit better.
1: Yeah, and we've definitely seen the. Uh kind of reduction in corporate profit or the weakness in corporate profits starting to uh, subside a bit. And we know that firms are hiring again and and wages are going up. And so hopefully as we um, utilize more of our kind of existing capacity,
0: that we will start to see a bit of an uptick in those capital expenditures. I saw that um, recently I looked at some numbers. Uh, It looks like it is getting better mining the mining industries it seems like drilling activity started uh, recovering again in recent month in, co- in, the la- in the last couple months or so manufacturing of course people talk about manufacturing output seems like the manufacturing sectors did uh, improved in July uh, June and July but it might have came down in, in August. August yeah um, so you know a little concerned but you know sh- probably shouldn't be uh, very concerned Um, I think we're sort of used to the investment activity. Now, inventory is another issue that has been dragging on since second quarter of 2015.
1: Yeah, and inventory is always, unfortunately, the wild card. It's pretty much plagued me throughout my forecasting career. (laughs) It's highly volatile and noisy and and very hard to predict. But, um, you know, kind of putting on my my forecasting hat, it, it... doesn't necessarily look too good for inventories in the coming quarter. Um, I don't think we're gonna get a big hit from inventories, but I think that there um, is the potential that we won't see anything added from inventory either.
0: I agree, I mean, second quarter, we look at the numbers, inventory dipped slightly. Yeah. Um, And I look at July's number, it looks like it's pretty flat compared to June's number. So it looks like the inventory boost that we were hoping for may not necessarily materialize
1: yeah and i always tend to look towards things like the inventory to sales ratio right do they have enough uh uh, products sitting out there on their shelves to fulfill fulfill the existing um, demand and right now it seems like that inventory to sales ratio is still somewhat elevated uh, meaning that we don't need to go out and rush to produce all these new goods in order to you know fulfill all this consumer demand there you know a lot of those orders will be able to be fulfilled just right out of existing inventories and so you know you're not going to get that kind of production boost that you might get in the third quarter if we had a lower level
0: got it got it. now of course well, when we talk about inventory of course typically those we're referring to business inventories but at the same time we know it's hard not to uh, ignore this for the inventory in the housing market we are actually very 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 low so that prompted me to ask of course when we have low inventory we should be building more so housing starts um, permits it seems like you, we are picking some uh, housing starts in recent months. Uh, we might be having some rebound in the residential investment maybe?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the demand is there, no doubt about it. And it looks like the residential sector is actually gaining steam. Those starts are up. Um, you know, we're finally looking like we're poised to breach the the kind of 1 million units. Okay. Um, and, and I think that residential investment will be a positive force for growth. The, the thing to keep in mind on that front when you're talking about an overall GDP perspective is that it's hard for residential just because it's such a small component mm-hmm. of the overall, um, you know, how many of a trillion dollars that we have in GDP right now in nominal terms, that, you know, it only ever contributes, you know, 0. 0.3, 0.5% to overall economic growth. So it's something that could tip us from 2% to 2.5%, but it's not going to kind of get us into that 4 or 5% range on its own.
0: Right. I mean, I mean, every every little account. So you know. Hey, course.
1: progress. We're gonna take it. We're so depleted in terms <laughs> of our housing stock that you know any relief is much
0: needed. Okay. Well. Okay. We talked about consumption. We we talked about uh, investment. Let's talk. Uh, spend a little bit of time to talk about uh, import export. Sure. Now, of course, global economic environment very uncertain. We have. Um, you know, Brexit just a few weeks or a couple months ago. Uh, Brexit uh, caused some volatil- volatility in the stock market. It looks like things got has gotten better, but there's still uncertainty out there. Global economic environment, as far as China is concerned, um, looks like you know you were still about six, but who knows? You know, next year maybe not. Right now, as far as import export is concerned, I think uh, recently in July. You know the trade deficit got narrowed down from uh, forty, close to forty-five billion to thirty-nine or forty billion. Meaning we are exporting, uh, we're increasing our exports, Um, and you know the import obviously uh, declined slightly. Um, So with that export, that hopefully should help our third quarter numbers, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think the trade is something that um, has suffered because in some ways the U.S. is still that kind of safe haven for people who you know, are worried about global economic turmoil. They ended up pumping a bunch of money into the U.S. economy uh, as kind of world uh, markets really tumbled and, and started to... to you know run into issues and what that did was really drove up the value of our dollar pretty significantly made our goods and services a lot less competitive on those world markets and then we saw a big um, pullback or or an increase I guess in in the trade deficit which ultimately kind of subtracted away from otherwise better economic
0: growth. Now of course I think in the past we talked about you know global economy you know Hopefully, getting better in the upcoming year. Part of it is because of what we talked about earlier about oil prices, right. commodity prices. So, you know, if oil prices and commodity prices started rising, which we haven't seen in terms of um, uh, oil prices, right? But if we started rising, then it should be, you know, to the better of uh, you know U.S. domestic economy because you know we will probably get a little more, more uh, people buying from us. So hopefully that will continue to be the pace now of course you when we have you mentioned about um, interest you mentioned about um, exchange rates right know, dollar being a little bit more powerful and but at the same time also people are putting in their, their money in a u.s. market because of uncertainty right all these of course will create some uh, uh, Money flooding into the bond market, for example, yep. causing some fluctuation in the interest rate. So that brought us to the next questions um, regarding the Federal Reserve rate hike. Yeah. Now we know that in um, the in September, earlier uh, last week was it last week? Last week. Yep. Um, they had the FOMC meeting, and they decided, as we sort of expected, um, that interest rates stay put for now.
1: Right. Yeah. But some more interesting stuff, I think, happened below the surface. Although they did vote to um, leave rates constant, I think there was a couple of interesting um, kind of tidbits that came out of the statement, both in terms of what um, Janet Yellen said herself, which is that um, you know the rate hike is becoming increasingly more likely, to the point where we you know might even expect one in December. Um, but I think even perhaps more importantly was the the dissenters, right? There was three Fed governors who actually um, were really upset that they didn't decide to just move forward and go ahead and raise rates last week um, without waiting until December. And so um, – I think when you kind of add all that up, both in terms of Janet's willingness to, um, you know, say that it's a lot more likely that rates are going to go up in the near term, um, combined with the fact that these guys were really upset that we didn't raise rates already, um, I think you can expect rates to to begin to go up at a very gradual pace. You know, admittedly, but I think
0: we can expect them to start going up later this year. It looks like they're kind of setting up the uh, the um, expectation. You know, letting people know that, well, hey, it's not here yet, but you can kind of expect that, you know, in December or so, so that f- people fully anticipate. There's no surprise. Of course, we don't know for sure. Right. Um, there's no surprise. And then, um, it, you know, but just ease in. And, of course, I think the fact that they're sort of adjusting, I believe, the uh, Federal Reserve sort of adjust their uh, projection of GDP down slightly for the year as a whole. Um making it people uh, realize that okay well they are not going to um, just play with interest rate right now but there's a chance that they will you know raise it again in december but, and also i don't uh, remember whether there is a language in there but even if they raise it in december they the this time the tone is probably a little different compared to last year when they raised it last year uh they're saying we're gonna definitely raise it again you know a couple more times in 2016 this time, if they do raise it in, uh, you know, December of this year, um, they're still going to kind of take a. See back, look at it, the data and make sure that everything's okay before saying anything about raising rates in 2017,
1: right? Oh, yeah. They're going to have to slow play it. There's no doubt about it. They're, you know. Although I think that uh, the case is there to continue to normalize monetary policy, um, you by no means want to do it at a rapid pace, right? I mean, we're still relatively fragile. We're getting lackluster growth economically and and of course, the markets don't like it either, right? When they just mentioned it last year, we had the famous taper tantrum. Right, right. And so I think you know she's smart to be managing expectations and to try and be um, broadcasting a little bit more transparently what to expect so that we don't um, you know kind of cut off our nose to spite our face or shoot ourselves in the foot when we go ahead and do this next Fed Funds rate.
0: Right. And of course, there, there could be a lot of wild cards. There could be a lot of different reasons why they may not raise it after. Let's say if they do raise it in December, uh, they may not raise it you know, for other reasons, other surprise reasons. Of course, we have a big event coming up on the presidential election. Who knows what's going to happen? And of course, I think they'll have to gauge on what the outcome is going to be first. Now, I'm going to ask um, after, you know, we throw in all these information, of course um, we should come up with an econ- economic forecast, right? Sure. Yeah. But, of course... We probably shouldn't say anything because our boss is going to be at the uh, econ forecast to, uh, on Thursday. She's going to give out, you know, a lot of information for the econ as well as the housing market forecast.
1: Yeah, we did the forecast, so just come on out <laughs> Thursday and uh, you can get it right from the horse's mouth.
0: Right and again, Thursday. It's going to be noon to one thirty, and uh, it's going to be packed. So get there early if you have not registered. Definitely see if you can get a ticket in the. Uh, uh uh, uh, expo center all right well until next time it's going to be another two weeks but next time uh we will have another um 20 minutes talk on the housing market market thank you for listening in
1: thanks everyone